everyone. Welcome to the Rotor Grinders Morning Grind Podcast. I'm your host, DBTPFL. It's Friday. It's May 20th. It is 2022. We have 12 baseball games to talk about here on today's podcast. I am joined by my buddy, Genie for 07, Grant Nefer. What's happening, my friend? Not too much. Just, just happy Celtics are winning. No, life's good. Who do you think wins that series? Celtics. I think we're going to get Celtics Golden State. That's the most likely outcome. I mean, I wouldn't mind Dallas. I, I just don't want the Heat. I have a lot of money on Celtics, Dallas, and Golden State, and not much on Heat. So, I mean, I think Boston's clearly the better team, and Golden State's clearly the better team. Gotcha. So you're like you're you're in like the the betting, um, you know, the money aspect of it. I I think the Celtics Warriors series will be fantastic. So, yeah, yeah, agreed. I would. I don't think only horse I had in the races. I just love Memphis, and as soon as they were out, I don't really care who wins. It's all monetary now. All right. Well, we're here to talk some baseball. We got twelve games. Interesting slates. Um, you know, we do have a couple of good arms. I mean. For a 12-game slate, it's not like we have a ton of great arms, but we we have a few. Um, we potentially have a couple cheap arms to to talk about as well. So let's jump in here. We get started with Tampa at Baltimore. It sounds like it's going to be an opener situation with Beeks and Yarbrough and then Tyler Wells pitching on the other side. Eight total. The Rays still a 145 favorite here. Do you have any interest in like this opener long relief situation between Beeks and Yarbrough? I generally try and stay away. Um, Yarbrough's not a bad spot going up against Baltimore. That ballpark might be a little bit hot today, but still has been decent for pitchers. My real problem is this 8K price tag just makes me want to stay away entirely. I mean, I can't imagine Beeks goes more than two innings, so he's fully out. But 8K for Yarbrough on this slate, not a good price tag. So I'm. I'm out, although I do like the matchup. If he was starting getting 90 pitches in this spot, I'm in. But, uh, I mean, Baltimore is terrible against left-handed pitching. I just – I can't do it in, in, like, an opening situation type of thing. So, a lot of strikeouts on both sides um, of this game as far as the hitters go. But, you know, Tyler Wells on the other side, 16% K rate on the season, 5X FIP. Um, walk rate's way down. He's able to, you know, not walk guys, but just not a huge strikeout guy. He's 5,900 facing Tampa. Any interest in him? I mean, he wasn't this bad of a strikeout guy last year. That's that's the interesting part. I mean, he's just been bad this season. The swing strike really, really isn't up there. I'm probably going to stay away. Um, don't hate the matchup for strikeouts, but overall until he – gets back to his strikeout stuff last year. I mean, he, even then, he wasn't a great pitcher. But I'm probably staying away. Fair enough. Uh, let's talk bats here. Any interest in the Tampa bats? I mean, not a ton. The Baltimore bullpen behind them is still pretty bad. But everyone's priced about where they should be. Wells is a guy that gives up some fly balls, but not a ton of hard contact. He's not as bad as his numbers so far this year have been, so... I'm, I'm fine with the stack. Like, I'm fine with the low-owned stack here, um, specifically the righties, um, just because Wells is a little bit reverse splitsy and they're unlikely to get pinch hit for later on in the game. But overall, 
no one really stands out too much outside of Franco and Rosarina. Yeah, I like the price for Rosarina for sure. Um, Choi's pretty cheap too at 3,800. I don't necessarily hate him if you're going to do like a little three-man stack with Tampa. On the Baltimore side, I mean, you're going to get two lefties. Um, you know, both the pitchers here. It's just none of these guys are like super. I mean, Hayes is 3,400. I can maybe play him. Tyler Nevin. 2600 those i think would be the two guys that i would potentially take shots on in this spot yeah they're the only two guys that are still underpriced at this point i mean santander you could do worse um but overall you're just taking cheap pieces if you want to make it into mini stack with hayes santander and nevin i'm not going to argue with that just because it does allow you to do some other things and stack up cores but overall it's not really a great ballpark Beeks and Yarbrough are both guys that don't give up a ton of fantasy production. So I'd stay away if that were you. All right, we got the Dodgers at Philadelphia taking on the Phillies. Nine total in this game. Dodgers are 145 favorite. Julio Urias going up against Ranger Suarez. Any interest here in Urias? Not really at 9.2K. Um, the total in this game kind of kind – of, Keeps me off him. I mean, Phillies still have over a four implied total here. Urias has been hit or miss, and you're not really getting a ton of upside since he's not going to go over 80 pitches in all likelihood. So that's just too much of a price tag when you consider those things. Yeah, just the pitch count, um, not going deep into games, really probably not, you know, showing much 30 point ceiling over 9K. So Philly team two, outside of maybe like Schwarber. They're not a team that's going to strike out a ton unless they do have a couple lefties at the bottom of the order, but they can they can pr- platoon pretty heavy here. So I just don't think this is a spot that I want to play. Urias and then, I mean, Ranger Suarez on the other side, not a bad pitcher by any means, um, but his, his struggles this season has been just striking out righties, and he's going to face one of the best offenses in baseball. Yeah. I mean, I really like that price tag at 7,200. I mean, He's an above-average pitcher, going to go 100 pitches, coming off of two good outings. But, I mean, the matchup versus the Dodgers is just just rough. Um, I can see playing him in a few tournament lineups. Uh, he does have the upside even against a very tough lineup. Now, he strike out, I mean, does get a ton of ground balls. So there are worse pitchers you can play in the slate. Um, there's one or two guys that are likely to be pretty chalky. But – Suarez, if he's going to come in, like, no ownership, I'll, I'll take a few tournament flyers on him. All right, Dodgers-Bats here. Um, yeah, I mean, Trey Turner, Mookie Betts, obviously, Will Smith. It, you know, these guys, Justin Turner, 4,500. Chris Taylor is good against lefties. I mean, they're expensive, but the Dodgers stack, definitely one of the better stacks today. I... Uh... Like, if they're going to go unowned, I'll play him. But, I mean, Suarez is not a bad pitcher is the main thing. Uh, he's a solid above-average ground ball guy. I know there's a high total in this game. And, I mean, maybe because of Coors with everyone priced up so high on the Dodgers, people might stay away. But I know Suarez hasn't done as well so far this season. He still gives up a decent amount of hard contact to righties. So, if you want to play them, I've never, ever going to argue with the Dodgers. Um, but I don't think they're worth the price tags if they're going to come in double-digit ownership on the slate. Fair enough. Um, 
Any interest in the Philly bats here? I'll take a I'll take a shot on Hoskins at five four point eight K. Castellanos versus a lefty. I know that he hasn't been fantastic so far this season, um, but Castellanos is still Castellanos, and he's still done pretty well versus lefty so far. Under four K is just a silly price tag. Real Moto, decent catcher at four K. Probably staying away from the lefties a bit, um, but if you want to play Harper or Schwarber or Bohm, those are fine. But Castellanos is way too cheap, and Hoskins is just smashing lefties this year. Alec Bohm at three K potentially batting leadoff in this spot is just another guy that I want to throw out there. All right, we got the White Sox going up against the Yankees in this one. Keiko against Cortez, eight and a half total. Yankees, a minus 210 favorite here. I mean, Dallas Keiko against the Yankees just screams fade. Yep. He's not good, does not strike people out. Always a decent chance at negative points. <laughs> and he gets the Yankees. I mean, he's going to yeah. face a ton of right handed power. And if you can't strike out the Yankees, you're going to struggle. And, you know, Keiko. He has a 12% K rate and an 11% walk rate on the season. So, um, Cortez on the other side, 10-6. You know, when we look at the White Sox in general this year, they've been an offense that's struggled. Cortez has shown really good strikeout upside. What are we doing with Cortez here at 10-6? I mean, the price tag is just so high up there. But, I mean, of the high-priced guys, he probably is the best of them. I mean, Nate probably gets a little bit better with matchup. White Sox are – tough but like Cortez has been great above 30% K rate just been fantastic so far this season so I mean in terms of raw points he is likely the number one guy on the entire slate yeah I I think he's my number one today it's so hard to make an argument of you know, for really anybody else today. Um, I don't know if he's my favorite point per dollar pitcher on the slate. I'll say that. He's definitely not my favorite point per dollar. And also, like, if we're just talking raw points, it's Cortez. I'm going to wait and see where ownership kind of lies because you have Manet and you have Lauer, who we'll get to later, and they're all kind of pretty close. Um, so it's all where ownership really ends up flying. That's, that's kind of going to dictate what I end up doing. Uh, Yankees bats here. I think the Yankees are the best stack on the slate, even including courts. I think the Yankees are the best stack on the slate tonight. I don't disagree. I was going to say the same thing. I mean, Heckle, a guy that does not strike anyone out going up against a team with just massive amounts of hard contact. I mean, LeMahieu, fine, but Judge, Rizzo, Stanton, Donaldson, if he's back in the lineup, Torres, Hicks, all these guys have power. All of them have power. And realistically, in cores, we have uh, some some tougher arms. So getting a matchup versus one of the worst worst pitchers in the league, he's probably at that point right now. There's going to be guys on base, and Keigel still gives up a lot of power. So if there's not home runs, there will at least be doubles, but there's likely to be a few bombs here. And I kind of skipped over the White Sox. Do you have any interest in the White Sox, Pats, here? 
Cortez has been too good, and you're not really getting a discount on anyone. I mean, Luis Robert is 4,400, and he has hit left-handed pitching throughout his career. So I think if you're going to play anybody, it's him. Um, I mean, Tim Anderson's so expensive. We know how good he is against left-handed pitching. Those, I think, would be the two guys that I would play if I was going to. But, I, I mean, I'm not going out of my way to play the White Sox here. That's why I accidentally, maybe purposely skipped over them mentally. Yeah. Oh, right. I got 2.2K. If he's Oh, yeah. I mean, there. Pollock, he's been hitting like fifth, too, against righties. So maybe, maybe he gets up even higher here against the left-handed pitcher. So, yeah. I don't mind that call. He's so cheap that even if he puts up zero, it really doesn't matter. Cincinnati at Toronto, eight and a half total in this game. The Blue Jays are 185 favorite on most books. It's Castillo against Ryu. Um, any interest here in Luis Castillo? I mean, he's just not looked great so far. And the Blue Jays are one of the best hitting lamps in all baseball. So I'm going to pass. Yeah, I mean – Castillo started back-to-back games. He faced Pittsburgh and Milwaukee. They threw a lot of lefties at him, and he struggled in both of those outings to get the left-handed hitters out. Was good against the righties, which is most of what you're going to see here for Toronto. But at the end of the day, it's just it's so hard to play him against Toronto. His XFIP and Sierra both way under his um, ERA by over a point. So I don't know if he's necessarily had the worst or best luck to start the season, but it's Toronto. You got to be able to dominate this type of teams. And I just don't think he can Ryu at 8,300, 71 pitches. Um, last time out coming back, um, from the IL and the forearm forearm injury, any interest in Ryu here, assuming that he gets maybe 80, 85 pitches. Probably not. He's at 8.3 K. He's not really very good anymore. I mean, it's, his exit's drastically lower than his ERA, but he's just not striking out anyone anymore. He doesn't have the same control. He's walking more guys. I mean, until I see him come back to what he used to be, I, I, I can't pay this price tag for him. I think that's kind of where I'm at as well. Um, I don't think he's the craziest play, but I also really worry about the pitch count. I mean, the Cincinnati lineup has struggled this season. They're going to get... I think enough righties in this lineup with Fam, Dury, Stevenson, um, Senzel. Is he hurt or is he he's back there, right? Um, Maybe. I don't know. And like Joey Votto is supposed to be back for this game, even though it's like lefty lefty. It adds like another good bat in here. Um, so I just I think I'm going to pass on Ryu. Any interest in the Cincinnati bats? I mean, they're cheap. Well, some of them are cheap. I guess not really many of them are cheap. Just Mustakas and Reynolds and Nyquin. I don't really want to – like, Rio's still not a bad overall pitcher. He doesn't strike guys out. He's not a good fantasy pitcher anymore, but he's still sitting above average last year and so far this season. So, I mean, if I'm going to target anyone, I'm just not going to target anyone, to be honest. Yeah, it's not like they're cheap. They're so expensive. Um, that's what's the hard part here is just the price tags. And on the Toronto side, they're expensive too. So I think if you're playing Toronto, the only way to play them is stack them. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the problem is that Castillo has been pretty good at getting ground balls going up against righties and he doesn't really walk a ton. Not really any lefties. I really want to 
target here. I mean, Collins is fine, but I want the big righty bats. I'm not gonna not gonna go against any of them. And there's a reason why they have what the fourth highest total on the entire slate. You either yeah full stack or leave, hoping that Castillo is just bad like he has been this year. All right. Cruising along here, we got Detroit at Cleveland taking on the Guardians. Eight and a half total in this game. Pick them game pretty much on every book. Um, it's Scoble against Civelli. Any interest here in Scoble? Yeah. I mean, he's been so good. Like, a new ball that just, like, is he, I think, the leader in batted or barrels per plate appearance last year. So the new ball has really helped him out, just not leaving the ballpark he's had. 20-plus points in five of the last six games. I know Cleveland's a tough matchup, and there's other guys you can pay up for, but he's, he's not far behind Manea, Lauer, and Cortez. Honestly, might put him up right up there with him. I know that got a few good bats over in Cleveland, not terribly high strikeout lineup, but I am I am all aboard for playing scooball. Yeah, I mean, 100 pitches last time out. There's plenty of strikeouts in this lineup. I will say, depending on who is in the lineup, you know, Ramirez, Miller, Rosario, they're not going to strike out a ton. Um, so you're going to get a lot of your strikeout upside from the bottom half of this lineup. But I think at 9,500 with the 100 pitches last time out, it's hard not to have um, some interest in him in this spot. The other side, um, Civilli, he's 5,800. And, and I know. He has not pitched well this season, but he gets Detroit. He's so cheap that I feel like if he is someone that doesn't get a lot of ownership today, I could roll the dice on him, um, knowing knowing full well that this dude's given up at least four earned runs in four straight starts. Yeah, six earned runs in three of those. He's been he's been so bad. He's not as bad as his nine point eight five ERA. But he will pitch 100 pitches. He's still saying at 22% K rate so far on the season. It's going up against Detroit. The big thing you worry about with Spalli is he gives up a lot of power, and there's really not a ton of power in this lineup. So I don't, I don't mind. I mean, I'm going to play the other side, but there's enough strikeouts here where I think Spalli could end up with a very good outing for his price tag. Yeah, I mean, if Babip goes his way, I feel like if Babip goes his way, he could he could be decent at fifty eight hundred. Uh, I mean, I'm not going, I'm not hoping he goes out and lights the world on fire, but he's another guy that I think in the betting world, in the prop games, you're looking at his potential strikeout prop here because um, he is someone that could strike people out, and we know that there's strikeouts in this Detroit lineup. So, and you can't even say like it's who he's faced. I mean, he faced Oakland and struggled. So, I mean, he's just off to a slow start this season. It's just more of he's cheap and you're potentially rolling the dice. Um, I, I we forgot to mention it with Scoble as well. Um, Jose Ramirez left Thursday's game. He fouled one off his shin, so he might not even be in the lineup. So it might even be a better lineup uh, for Scoble here. So if he's not in there, then I I'm moving Scoble up. Um, bats in this game, anything stand out to you for Detroit? I mean, they're super cheap. Um, and he's been terrible this year. I mean, we yeah. just made an argument for him, but you can make the argument on the other side too. I mean, it's going to be one of those days where I'm, I'm playing both sides because he's either going to have a, 
he's going to get strikeouts. It's just the balls and put in play could be a bunch of home runs, could be anything like he's been bad for a reason. He's giving up a 41% hard contact rate and a 43% fly ball rate. His BABIP is probably going to go down seeing at 382, but he's putting the ball in play a lot versus righties. So I, I I'm fine. Bias stands out as just a fantastic play. So the ball doesn't strike out righties a ton. He absolutely hammers the ball sometimes. So him, and then I'll go with almost anyone else in the lineup with some power. Uh, on the Cleveland side, especially if Jose Ramirez is out, I just don't see playing Cleveland bats here. If Jose Ramirez is out, full on fade. That's kind of what I'm thinking as well. So, all right, up next we got Seattle at Boston taking on the Red Sox. Eight and a half total, pick them game. It'd be Robbie Ray. It sounds like it's going to be Michael, Michael Waka. I know he was cleared on Thursday to pitch Friday. So uh, assuming that everything works out with that and um, we'll see. So they should activate him from the IL and he should pitch in this game. So let's start here with Robbie Ray. Any interest in him going up against the Red Sox? I think he's my favorite pitcher on the slate. I know that he started off real slow, done pretty solid in the last two games, nine and 10 strikeouts. Um, I know he's walking more guys, which kind of figured he would regress a little bit in that, but 8K, even going up against Boston, it's only going to be 63 degrees there. Like, I don't care. I'm rolling with him. I'll, I I might lock him in on the slate. I know that's – I wouldn't suggest that, but I might lock him in. Did you know, Grant – I know, and it's such a small sample size. Did you know that – the Red Sox have hit two home runs against left-handed pitching this season, league low. Their second lowest WRC plus, their second lowest WOBA, and they're tied for the lowest ISO against left-handed pitching this season. Well, fully validated my decision. I- I'm just saying, like, as a Red Sox fan, you look at the lineup and you're like, oh, man, you got Kiki, you got JD, you got Xander, you got Story, you got Dahlbeck. They just have struggled. Like Trevor Story has a 42% K rate against lefties this year. Um, so I actually like Robbie Ray as well. Uh, I think at 8K, he's one of those mid-tier guys that I really like in this spot that because of the name and the matchup could potentially fly under the radar. So I'm with you. I like this spot for Ray. Michael Walker here. Pitched on the third. It's going to be about 17 days in between starts for him. I think pitch count is something that we definitely have to be worried about here with Michael Walker. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, he was only, I mean, he got fully stretched out and then got injured in the next start. He's been pretty solid so far this year, but I don't know. What do you think we see him at 75 pitches? Probably close. I mean, it's in Boston. I don't know. I, if people aren't going to play him, then go ahead. I mean, he's an average to above average pitcher. Good enough K stuff going up against the Seattle lineup that strikes out a bunch. So, yeah, I, I, I it's all going to be on how how many people play him. That, that's that's basically it for me. He's he's priced probably a little bit too cheap, but the pitch count is worrisome. But it's a high K rate matchup, so if he's going to be Five percent on. I'll probably take some darts on him. He's going to be fifteen. I'll stay away. So 
yeah, my my thing is like on he threw like a two inning simulated bullpen on Monday. So I just don't see how he gets over 75 pitches here unless they feel super confident. And what's his max? 80, 85? I, I don't see him going 90. They waited four starts to get him up to 90. And it's not like he's been pitching bad this season. He had one rough outing against um, Tampa Bay, and he still won that game. So I, for me, on Michael Walker, it's just a pitch count thing, but it's obviously something that you know ownership will kind of dictate for me or not because Seattle's not necessarily an offense that I'm uber afraid of either. So um, any interest in the Seattle bats here? I mean, Winker is too cheap. I'm going to keep playing him. Keep keep clicking his name. Yeah, France is probably too cheap. Suarez is too cheap. Outside of that, not not really anyone. I mean, maybe some of the guys at the bottom of the lineup sitting around 2K for salary savers. I'm not playing Frazier. Probably not putting Crawford. But, yeah, Winker is, is the guy that immediately stands out. Going up against a righty, absolutely crushed him since the beginning of last season. Yeah, it's a solid matchup for a guy that is sitting at 3.1K. Yeah, he's too cheap. Um, on the Boston side, stacker fade. I mean, they like I said, they've hit two home runs against left-handed pitching this season. They have struggled massively against left-handed pitching this season. When Robbie Ray does get hit, he gives up a ton of fly balls. This game's in Fenway. Um, I mean, he's allowed at least one home run in four of his seven starts this year, and he allowed three home runs against the White Sox. So, I mean, when he's off, he's off. And there's so much power in this lineup. If you look at career stats and, like, three-year stats and stuff, like, this lineup looks like it should be so good against left-handed pitching. So I think it's stack or fade for me on Boston. Yeah, I'm just full on fading. I already said I'm probably going yeah. all in on Ray, but yeah. I mean, if you look at anyways. just this year, you're like, yeah, man, Robbie Ray, sign me up. Or if you just look at last year, his numbers, <laughs> AK Robbie Ray, you're not going to see that all last year. All right. We got Texas at Houston facing the Astros, eight total. It's so weird saying that, like Texas at Houston, it, it throws me off every time. Rangers at Astros, a total in this game. Astros, a 175 favorite. We got Perez against Javier. Any interest here in Martin Perez? He's been good this year. He's just making me eat my words all year. I mean, his underlying numbers aren't as good as he he should be. I'm I'm not playing him. Like 7K for Perez. 7K for Perez is... Like, if it was against anyone but the Astros, like if he was facing, I don't know, the Tigers, I'd, I'd, I'd go, I'd be all over him. But Astros, just not a team that strikes out a lot. A lot of hard contact, a lot of good bats. I, I just can't play him versus the Astros right now. I have no comment. I'm not talking a word about Martin Perez. Every time I talk smack about this guy, he goes out and he – Pitch is fantastic. Um, all joking aside, looking through like Perez's numbers, the the fastballs around the same. He's throwing a cutter still. He's throwing changeup. He's throwing curveball. It's the same stuff this dude's been doing for years, and he's just 
He's just doing it better, I guess. He's throwing slower. It's, like he, it's the he, new baseball. He's throwing two mile an hour slower. And I, I don't know, man. I can't do it. That's all I'm going to say. I can't do it. If you want to do it, fire him up. But against this lineup, I just – I've seen Mar- Martin Perez just struggle way too much in the past. Uh, Javier on the other side of this game, 8,800. Good strikeout stuff. Big time strikeout stuff. Um, there's tons of strikeouts in this lineup. Any interest in Javier here? Uh, I mean, he's not going to go over 90 pitches. That's kind of my my problem. Um, 8.8K for that guy. For Javier, is probably going to be low 80s in pitches. Yes, he has good strikeout stuff, but he walks a decent amount of guys. Grant, the Rangers really don't walk too much, so that's not a huge problem. It is an above average strikeout matchup, but I'd rather just pay up for a guy like Scooball um, or pay down for a guy like Robbie Ray. So I'm not going to argue against him. There is a low total against him at 3.5 the Rangers. He does have good strikeout stuff, but just haven't really seen him put up a big outing and haven't really seen him go that deep into games because he gets wild. Yeah. I think he is like in your tournament pool if you're MMEing today. But if you're playing like one to three lineups, probably not. Um, command. It, it's such a command issue with him. The walks, the command. Any interest in the Texas bats here? I really like Seeger in this spot. Um, sitting under 5K, Javier, he gets really wild, walks a ton of lefties, um, but gives up a ton of fly balls, ton of hard contact to both sides of the plate. Seager doesn't strike out a whole lot and much lower strikeout rate versus lefties. So Seager, I have some interest in Cole Calhoun, some interest in Brad Miller. Like I, I'm just going to the lefties who can hit the ball in the ballpark and all of them are in a pretty decent spot going up against Javier. Uh, yeah, I don't mind that. And then on the Houston side, I'll let you talk about um, Houston here. I'm 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 staying I'm I'm full on staying away. <laughs> like Perez has been very good. Again, I don't expect it to continue, but been getting a boatload of ground balls. Like I'll never argue with Bregman or Jose Altuve or Alvarez and Tucker, but he's not giving up a ton of ton of fly balls. So I I could see them putting up five runs and not having a single home run here. Um, but Perez is. I don't understand it. I'm not playing him again because Houston doesn't strike out, but he's getting, he's saying it like a 57% ground ball rate. It was, I think I saw earlier. I'll double check here. Um, 53% ground ball rate on the year and just not getting a ton of fly balls. So I, if you want to stack them, go ahead. They're always a good call, but I'm staying away. Minnesota at Kansas City, eight total in this game. Some books have it at eight and a half. Um, looks like BetMGM is the only one that still has it at eight. And then the Twins, a 125 favorite in this game. We got Lynch against Smeltzer. Uh, any interest here in Devin Smeltzer? Is it bad if I do? I mean, he's facing Kansas City. I mean, he's facing Kansas City. He's, I mean, his. Numbers aren't going to stay where they're at, but 
he's right around an average K-rate guy or should be around an average K-rate guy. Below average pitcher, but he's 5.1K. Like he's 5.1K. Last out and got up to 77 pitches. I, I'm not expecting a ton of them, but I love the price tag here. I I think I think he's definitely a cheap guy that you can use. Like honestly, is he that much better than Savale? Or I mean, they're probably they're probably about the same. Yeah, probably have the same matchup, same skill level. I I, I have no problem using him. Yeah, my only only concern is looking at the Kansas City lineup, not a ton of power, but not a ton of strikeouts against left-handed pitching, too. I mean, so at that point, you're hoping that Babip is just on your side. Um, I don't know if you need him today, but I guess I don't have a ton of interest personally. Um, you know, we saw him, was it 2019? We saw him quite a bit. Uh, yeah, he had six starts. And we really haven't seen him much outside of that. So I don't know what he's been doing. Well, I think he's, I think he's had injuries maybe. I don't know. Yeah, he's like, he's thrown a couple innings and yeah, I mean, Chris Paddock's out for the season. So they're trying to find that starter to kind of replace him here. So, uh, the other side of this game, we got Daniel Lynch, you know, he's someone that has shown a little bit of upside at times this year, but I don't know how I feel about him in this matchup. I mean, he has a decent strikeout matchup. He's not a very good pitcher, though. Um, he's gotten away with a drastically lower ERA than his XFIP. His XFIP is sitting at 5.7. ERA at 3.3. He's coming off of two outings where he had four walks. I mean, if he was in the smelter range, I'd use him, but I I can't pay 6.7K for a guy that just can't seem to find the strike zone. Yeah, I think it's kind of where I'm at. I mean, Bucks and Correa, Polanco, Sanchez. I mean, they can go pretty right-handed heavy with um, good right-handed bats too. So probably going to pass on Lynch. Um, yeah, the walks are definitely interesting for a stack because Lynch is a guy that gives up a ton of fly balls and a ton of hard contact. So I could see like a little three-man stack here for Minnesota. Uh, oh, yeah. I thought you skipped Kansas State. I forgot that's next. It's been a long day. Um, yeah, Buxton. Absolutely going to play Buxton. I mean, he's he's been incredible so far this season. 6K, still probably not a high, high enough price tag. Might be the best play on the entire slate. But Polanco, Correa, like any of the righties, Garlic if he's in line, Sanchez, Ursula, I'm fine with any of the righties with power. I mean, Lynch so far this season, he is walking a lot of guys, and also he's giving up a 51% fly ball rate, 47% hard contact rate to righties. So, yeah, I, I love the twin stack here. And talk yeah, myself even more into it. I've been playing Royce Lewis a lot, and he got sent down, um, which was kind of kind of stinky. But I mean, Jose Miranda is twenty two hundred. Um, he should be in the lineup here. So has not translated well yet to the bigs um, from like his his minor league numbers. So um, yeah. Anyway, uh, Kansas City bats. Any interest in Kansas City here? 
I mean, spell are not great. Um, Kansas City bats aren't really great. I mean, Bobby Witt is fine. Went Merrifield is bad. Like Dozier with a platoon split isn't bad. Rivera, if he's in the lineup, it's 2.1K. But it's not really a stack that jumps off the page. Most of the bats I want are near the top, and they're the expensive ones. Yeah, it's kind of kind of how I feel with Kansas City. Um, we had at forty five hundred, like you mentioned, maybe as a one off type of play. Um, that's really it for me on the Kansas City side. I just I don't really see using. I, I mean. I don't know. It, it also depends on who catches too with Perez not in the game. So if they have that Rivero guy in there, he's like 2K, 2100, something like that. So Washington at Milwaukee, eight total in this one. The Brewers, a 190 favorite. We got Fetty going up against Eric Lauer. Any interest here in Eric Fetty? No, just. No, he's got to rarely play. Not a big strikeout guy. Not a great matchup. Not a great pitcher. Not a ton of upside. Just 4.8 implied total against him. No, just no. Eric Lauer on the other side, at least seven strikeouts in four straight games. He's still struggling with the long ball, but the strikeups are making up for it um, in a positive way. 10-4 going up against Washington. Their best bat is Juan Soto. That's lefty-lefty. We can make a case here for Eric Flower. Yeah, like I said, him, Manea, Cortez, Scooball, all kind of in the same same range. I'm just gonna go off of the guy with guys with the lowest ownership. I mean, Flower has been solid, like really solid recently. Not a terrible matchup going up against Washington. I think that he's right on par with Cortez, Manea, and Scooball. Any interest in the Washington bats in this one? Lauer's been too good. The only bad I would have been interested in is Soto, and I don't really want to do that with a solid lefty-lefty matchup. Does it finally got to that point where it's not like automatically have interest in Nelson Cruz against lefty? Yeah, he's getting old. <laughs> I feel like, yeah, it's just, it's that time finally. Milwaukee. I kind of like Milwaukee as a stack here. I think because they're expensive, they'll they'll be a little lower owned in this spot. And you know, I definitely like this matchup going up against Fetty. Yeah, no, I definitely don't like it. Like mind it. He is a solid ground ball pitcher, but not striking out of the ball a ton. They have a 4.8 implied team total. They're gonna go lower owned. I'm I'm all in for it, even at these price tags. I mean, Yelich Wong, uh Tellas. Renfro, Urias, McCutcheon, if he's in the lineup, all solid options. All right, we got Coors. This is one game that we definitely going to be watching the weather. The weather looks terrible for the whole weekend, and I'm sure you know it because you live in Colorado. I had to turn off my darn sprinkler system again. It's supposed (laughs) to be – it's going to be – I don't think this game happens. I don't Um, think – Potentially any of the games happen this week. Yeah, it's well, it's supposed to snow, but oh, it's Colorado Springs. Yeah, it's supposed to snow Saturday and Sunday. It, I don't think any of these games are happening, but it's going to be raining all day tomorrow. I mean, real simple. If it plays, it plays. You play them. I don't even know if you play them at this temperature. Like it's going to be 30 some odd degrees at seven o'clock at night. 
Yeah, I just, I mean, even just kind of looking, I saw Kevin Roth tweet out something, and I mean, in the comments that he didn't feel good about this game happening either. And I mean, I love when cores gets taken off the slate because I mean, you necessarily never want to fade course because of just how big the ballpark is. It has nothing to do with everything else. It's just the ballpark's so big and it's singles turn into doubles, doubles turns into triples, you know, type of stuff. Plus if the ball the, flies and yeah, the balls don't work out well. Yeah, sinkers don't work as well. Um Anything with a downward motion doesn't work as well. So, I mean, we're not playing Carrasco and Marquez. And if the if the bats are live, you know, you're looking at McNeil, you're looking at Nimmo. Gritchick is 4,500. I mean, you're going to be playing bats from this game if the weather's okay. But this weather looks terrible. So, we're just going to kind of cruise I'm, through. If it does play, unless it, we're projecting super low ownership, I'm going to fade it. Like, if people are going to play it like a normal – course slate i'm I'm full-on fading because the weather is just awful it's so cold but it looks like no one's going to be in on it then i'll 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 throw some darts if roth gives the okay but i dab it into playing yeah, it gives it the old yellow orange and it's still owned and maybe the snow pushes a saturday or something you never know what's going to happen with oh well, yeah it was supposed to be 80 degrees tomorrow three days ago and now now it's like 27 um it's gonna be 92 here tomorrow oakland at la taking on the angels eight total in this game angels a 170 favorite blackburn against selseth um any interest here in paul blackburn now at 8.5k tough match versus the angels doesn't strike out a whole lot of guys i know he's been putting up numbers but that 1.67 era is not gonna hold Angels, one of the best offenses in baseball this season. They have been fantastic. I think they're third against right-handed pitching behind the Yankees and the Dodgers. So tough matchup for Blackburn. Just faced this team, too. Had a really solid game and put up 14.8 fantasy points at 8,500. So I can't do it. On the other side, though, Chase Silseth is the best point-per-dollar pitcher on the slate. I might put him behind Ray, but he's top two. Can yeah. can give him top two. I mean, he's going up against Oakland. They all strike out. He's a very solid overall prospect. He's got solid, solid numbers in double A. And he got promoted pretty quickly, but he's going to be good. And this is just the best matchup on the board. He just faced, this is the team he faced in his first career start. One hit, six innings, two walks, four strikeouts, 81 pitches, 23 fantasy points. Yep. I mean, it's just Oakland's not a good offense, so uh, he's just someone that I'm definitely looking at here. Um, unless he's going to be like massive chalk, but I mean, it's a good spot for him for sure. Oakland bats, I got nothing, man. There's just nothing in this lineup where I'm like, I gotta play this guy. The like Lowry's cheap, Loriano's cheap, Brown's cheap, but I just I don't think I can do it. I don't need the vomit mini stack, but. I don't want to do it either. And then the Angels, if you can kind of make it work, I think they're a great stack. They're just expensive. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I mean, the bats you want are Rendon, Otani, Trout, Ward, Walsh. None of them are cheap. I mean, if you play Ray and Silsa, then you can kind of make it work with a cheaper stack. Um, I'm probably going to throw a few in there. 
Blackburn, again, do some huge negative regression. He's not this good. A lot of it is contributed from playing in Oakland, even though it's only Anaheim's a mediocre park. It's only going to be 64 degrees. This this team can put up some runs. So I really like him. It's just whether or not I can afford him. All right. We finished it out with San Diego at San Francisco. Sean Manaya, Jakob Yunus. Um, any interest here? Oh, and this game has a seven and a half total pick em game. That sounds so off. Anyway, any interest here in Sean Manaya? You think Padres should be much more in favor, right? I do. I mean, I, I respect how good the Giants are. And Junis has actually been decent this year, and the Padres lineup's not been great. So I guess I get it. Yeah. I mean, Manea is, again, right up there with Cortez, Lauer, Scooball. Um, I think I probably prefer Cortez and Scooball, um, but he might be above Lauer. But they're all so close that, again, it's whatever our ownership ends up bouncing on then. That's what I'll go with. But, yeah, this line does seem a bit off. I mean, Eunice has played really well so far this season. Um, it's just Mane has been better. But, yeah, I, I, might, I might bet this game. Yeah. I, I I struggle with this game. Uh, okay, so I'll, I'll say this. I probably don't want bats from this game. Yeah. I don't see yeah. either pitcher getting blown up in this game. I don't think anybody's cheap enough where you're like, oh, I have to play that guy. Um, so, yeah, I, I just I struggle with this game as a whole just because I feel like the Padres should be more of a favorite in this game because Shamanaya is someone that could go out and dominate a baseball game. Yeah, I'll probably give up a run or two. If, I mean, the problem is if you play Ruff and Slater, who will probably hit towards the top of the order, as soon as a righty come in, you're getting pinch hit for. Plus, we're not getting a huge discount on it. Yeah. Like, they're going to platoon guys out, and you're not getting a massive discount. So, I'm out on the Giants, and then – the dot or the Padres are too expensive considering Eunice has been a decent pitcher and this is a bad ballpark. All right. Um, no bats from this one. Nope. All right. Let's play the morning grind game and then we'll get out of here under eight K to get six or more strikeouts. Who do you got? I know you're going to pick. I don't. There's only one guy. I'm not going to go with him, but I'll go with, I'll go with Savali. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'll, I was going to say Silsith or, or Junis. So either one of those guys. I forgot about Junis up there. Yeah, whatever. Over 8K to get under 15. Who's your bust today? Blackburn. Yeah, I think, I think I got to go. Cheat code a little bit here and go Yarbrough at 8K. Coming in in long relief. We don't know what the pitch count situation is going to look like. Could get there, but over 4K to hit a home run, not in cores, but, I mean, it doesn't sound like the weather is going to be great in cores anyway. 
Buxton. I like it. Um, I mean, I'm going to go with one of the hottest hitters on the planet and go Aaron Judge, man. 14 home runs on the season now. Uh, under 4K to get two hits. Who's a cheap bat that you like here? Gio Urshula. All right. I like that. I didn't write anybody down. Um, shame on me. I think I'm going to go... I really like the Angels, so give me Brandon Marsh. Give me a stack to score six or more runs today. You know the answer. Twins. I just wanted you to tell the people. Tell the people. I'm going to go Angels. As much as I think the Yankees are the top stack on the slate, I'm going to go Angels. Any final thoughts before we get out of here? No. Let's, let's go Celtics. All right. That's going to wrap it up here for Friday. We'll be back Monday talking more baseball. Good luck, everyone. We'll see you then. Hey, kids.